Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. And we are going to uh, start reading here tonight in uh, verse number 29. Acts chapter, I'm sorry, I said 24. Acts chapter 4. Excuse me. Acts chapter 4. And we'll start reading in verse number 29. And uh, we're going to be looking here at uh, some of the happenings in this early church. And uh, we have, uh, uh, last week we had been, we had been preaching on uh, the, uh, we are empowered as we've been preaching here on biblical foundations. We've been preaching and spending time here on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we've been looking at the purposes of the Spirit uh, we've uh, we talked about the promise of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit, the purpose of the Spirit, and uh, we have uh, uh, talked about how the Spirit empowers us. And we have preached on He gives us power, He empowers us to uh, to uh, have victory over Satan, victory over self, and uh, we were looking last week on victory in order to serve. And uh, tonight, as uh, we bring this portion uh, to a conclusion, we're going to look at the fact the Spirit empowers us to stand. And uh, we're going to uh, take a look here, a very familiar passage of Scripture, uh, but let's read together, starting at verse number 29. And if you're there with me, would you say amen? The Bible here says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. I want you to understand what's taking place as they're in a prayer meeting. They've come together. It says, Behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that Signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. Thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled. Somebody say all filled. With the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither, had, neither said any of them that all of things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Amen. We find here in this, the Holy Ghost comes in this prayer meeting as their desire was. They were praying boldness. They were praying protection. They were praying power, amen, to continue to preach uh, the gospel, to take a stand for righteousness. And we're going to look at some of these things here tonight as the Spirit empowers us to stand. 
And uh, if you will, can we pray one more time? Ask the Lord to help us here tonight. Father, we thank you again for your people, for your presence. I thank you for your word. And I pray tonight you'd help me. Lord, help me in my humanity, my, my frailty. I ask your anointing. Lord, that you would touch my mind and my lips, give strength tonight. I pray you would open the ears of each and every one and touch the hearts of your people. Let us hear and receive your word with joy and gladness and let it be planted in the fertile ground of our hearts and souls. And let us, Lord, I pray, testify of the fact that we are living here changed by a result of your word your anointing. And we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You can be seated tonight. Empowered to stand. I want to, if I can, just recapping a couple of things and, and the fact that we were talking about in this, uh, uh, in this portion of preaching on the baptism in regards to how the Spirit empowers What I want you to understand, and if I can circle back to this again, is the fact that we are looking for the Spirit to empower us so that we might be effective. What I want you to understand, there are a lot of things that probably that we could pull out and we could talk about in regards to reasons why the Spirit does empower us, what He empowers us to do, why He empowers us. But one of the things that I believe is a uh, a common denominator, we can talk about several things, and and if you were to get a hundred preachers up here tonight, and if we all were preaching on this topic, uh, you would uh, more than likely uh, have probably a hundred different things that could be presented in regards to attributes and characteristics of the Spirit because as I said, the Holy Ghost, He is uh, the third blessed person of the Trinity. Amen. This is not just feeling. This is not, the Holy Ghost is not just doodads and it's not just just a thrill or an emotion or a style, if you will, as to where many in our churches or many in, a, 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 in, the, in the world, if, if you will, the church world have reduced these, uh, the Spirit of God down to some of these things, but He is a person. He is God the Holy Ghost. And as a result of this, as we've been looking through the Word of God, we're seeing these promises and we're learning and knowing about the person of the Holy Ghost and what he would desire to do in us and how he would want to work in us and in these things I want you to this is my particular opinion Brother Torbert, Brother Michael uh, Brother Aaron some of these that are in here tonight they might have uh, uh, varied uh, uh, thoughts or or even better greater thoughts than myself Uh, uh, but one thing it seems to me that God has revealed and and, uh, and continues to deal with me personally over and over again is the fact uh, that by way of the Spirit, amen, we as God's people, we find ourselves uh, with greater effectiveness, amen. We are greater uh, uh, able to serve. We are better able to pray. We are better able to preach. We are better able, amen, to uh, walk. 
walk in this life as a light, as an influence, as an example, uh, we are most effective, not in and of ourselves, not in and of our education, not in and of our denominations, not in and of our wit or our wisdom. And God help us and deliver us from the fact of we uh, find that in a lot of in a lot of uh, places uh, as to where the church is trying to be better and trying to be effective, quote unquote, uh, by way of entertainment, uh, by way of performance, by way of program alone, uh, by way of uh, uh, if I can use the term spiritual propaganda. I mean, there's always trying to. It seems like sell or market or sling the gospel in some kind of way. And, and as a result, we have many that have missed the mark. And we have thinking that if we can be cute and if we can, uh, uh, if we can be uh, uh, the term that they're trying to really uh, drill in, if we can just uh, uh, be a, a relative, if we can relate and, and uh, you know, if we can just kind of uh, 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 win folks in by way of what we can put on or what we can do. But we know tonight, and I know that in a large sense I'm preaching in the choir, and and forgive me, this is just as a a point of reference and the fact to be reminded tonight uh, uh, that those things, uh, they will not be effective. It's like one brother said, he said that as long as your uh, entertainment is your priority, you will have to continue to grow that sense of entertainment you will have to continue to make it bigger to make it bolder to make it I mean there's all kinds of things that sadly have crossed the platform of a church in order to catch the attention of folks I could tell you stories of things that it just make you absolutely sick to your stomach but it's all been done in the name to grab the attention of those that would come into the congregation that to to grab the attention of folks that were sitting in their pews and they will reach to deeper depths and higher heights in the realms of entertainment and in the process compromise all things that would be holy compromise the word of God compromise righteousness compromise the doctrine a biblical sound biblical doctrine as a result of reaching and pulling and drawing and entertaining or to have this or do that and friends I I don't want to sound like a broken record but I just want to reiterate and say tonight church is that you can look around the landscape of the church you can look around the landscape of Beaumont and the Golden Triangle and I thank God there are some spirit filled churches oh there's pastors that I believe with sincere heart that are seeking after God and wanting a presence, the presence of God to be in their churches and for their congregations and their people to grow in the things of God. But all around us, oh, there's things that are traps and there's things, oh, that I believe with all of my heart not to be cruel or critical, but they don't line up with the Word of God. And it might sound simplistic and it may not pack the
the church out and we may not have the biggest crowd on the block and we may not have the most money in the bank but I will tell you it should be our endeavor it should be our goal it should be our hope it should be our pursuit that above everything else if we are going to be effective if we are going to be what God wants us to be if we are going to reach souls oh can I tell you we don't need another form of entertainment to grab the attention but what we need is when the sinner is inside of the building when the bound and oppressed are sitting in our pews when you and I come into this house and we're distraught and broken and disappointed and disillusioned you don't need a flashy preacher you don't need smoke machines and flashing laser lights what we need is the spirit of God to step right in the middle of the sanctuary we need the Holy Ghost to draw the hearts of men we need the Holy Ghost to deal and convict our souls that is what produces change that's what brings about salvation that's what is effective that's what's effective we could bring every singing group in here from Nashville and we could be entertained and we could sing and hear good music but folks still leave lost folks still be bound folks still not have the victory I want you to understand we come to find that the source of effectiveness to be able to do and to be what God would have us to be for not only as a church but individually in our lives and for our families so that we come in line with the word of God so that we walk in our right standing with God we need the spirit of God to help us to be in right place and in right position in order to stand amen I want you to understand a couple of things here tonight if I can very quickly just remind you as we look here at the word of God I want you to know that this prayer meeting and this discussion these prayers have come by way of continued intensified persecution I had conversation a couple of days ago with brother Gary brother Gary and I were talking about situations of the world and that leads to talking about the church in conjunction with the world and uh, we were talking about uh, where you see, you know, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's that sense. And in, in one hand, there's uh, evidence of a great falling away. Wickedness that abounds, sin that is blatant, all of these things as to where wrong is celebrated as right and you stand for righteousness and you're wrong. Uh, there's all of these, we see all of these different dichotomies and contradictions. And, and, it, and then on the other hand, we know that the Bible tells us that in the last days that God would pour out of His Spirit upon all flesh. We know that there is going to be revival. But in all of that conversation, I told Brother Gary uh, and Brother Torbert, I'd said, uh, you know, uh, here's what I'm, what I'm uh, reminded of and remembering more and more when we read such as the book of Acts, uh, the birth of the early church. And as the, as the world is literally be, began to be evangelized and souls are being added into the kingdom, I want you to understand is that we may not know, we were singing about it tonight, 
right. I don't know about the future, but what I do know is that life is worth the living because he lives. And as a result of that, what I was, what we were talking about in the ways of the world, we don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know what all's going to take place. But I did say this. I said, Brother Gary, here's what I do believe. I believe that we as the church often are confused with thinking and tying revival and a move of God to prosperous times. To where it's times where we're running high. Times where we're feeling good. Times when maybe the economy's just right. Times when gas prices are low. Where inflation is down. Interest rates are good. And we, and we, we look at that and we say, oh, bless God. I mean, God's faithful and he's showing his favor. And, and yes, I understand there's things that are connected to that. But understand, church, I do believe with all of my heart that revival that we are going to see, revival that I believe that we in this church and my family and your family that we're going to be a part of is not going to be all of the things of what we think it's going to be. Because I want you to understand that the move of God and revival broke loose amongst that early church. And it was not, Brother Torbert, because of booming economic times. It was not because of mega pastors and mega ministries. It was not because of nifty programs and all of these things. But I'll tell you what was the furnace. What was like pouring gas on the fire, Brother Segura. It was prayer meetings like this. After they had been threatened, after they had been beaten for preaching the gospel. What are you saying, Brother Jake? It was hard times. It was persecution. It was threatenings. It was difficult certain circumstances. When we read through the Word of God, it's Elisha calling fire down on the mountain in the middle of a drought. We come to find it's Moses. Oh, when we look and see that years of bondage and before Christ had come, oh, the years and period of darkness that was upon the, the, the land, I can tell you that over and over again, according to the Word of God, that great moves of God were often perpetuated not by times of ease, not by everybody being comfortable, not by everybody being packed in the church, but revival came by folks praying in caves and widows that were starving in their house, gathering sticks to die. They were those that saw the miraculous. They were those that saw the move of God. It was these disciples that had earth-shaking, foundation-moving prayer meetings as a result of persecution. I will tell you, church, revival will come when we are faced with uncomfortable situations and we're not depending on the White House, Wall Street, or popular opinion, but we are desiring and we know we can only make it by way of a move of God in our hearts, in our lives. Brother Eli, they had no other options. You hear what I'm saying tonight? A place of no other options. When COVID broke loose, when COVID broke loose, we didn't know. None of us knew what to expect. Everything shutting down. 
People at home couldn't go to work. Kids couldn't go to school. They wouldn't let us come into a church building. All those kinds of things. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen in, in regards to, you know, all things in regards to the church. I mean, none of us, no, none, of that, none of the ministers, none of the pastors had we ever seen anything like it. And so we're navigating and trying to see what was going on. But, but you want to know what some things that we did see? You want, to, you want to hear a few statistics? Do you know that we had some of the greatest giving that ever happened during COVID? We were set, we were, we, we had more, and I, I know everybody kind of had to go to online giving, that was part of it, but we had more online giving than we ever had before. We had the most anonymous large contributions I'm talking about folks that online or that uh, when, we, when we came back and we were having services, there were some folks, I was just, me, when me and Brother Gary's having this conversation, he was telling me about uh, when the, the notes were coming due on this building and uh, Brother Clendenin had went to the secretary and said, uh, uh, you know, asking about the money, how's things looking? And Well, we ain't got enough, we ain't got enough to meet the note. And, and so Brother Clendenin said, I'm going to the church and I'm going to pray said don't let anybody over said don't let anybody in here to bother me and then the money was due he had to be at the bank that day and brother Darren he didn't have anything to give and and so he did what he what was effective sister Torbert and he began to pray and as he began to pray they said that there was a woman who came in the building and came up to brother uh, where brother Clinton was up in this area of the altar and put this uh, put an envelope down on the altar and she said uh, number one he said he'd never seen her before and when she left he'd never seen her again but put that envelope on the altar and said I was coming by and the Lord prompted me to bring this money into this church and said when he went down there and he opened up that envelope it was down to the very last cent of what was needed in order to pay for the note that was on the building I can tell you during COVID when people People don't know what's going on and everything's going crazy. We had been in the service just a little bit. There was a lady that came and sat in the back. She came in once. Brother Gerard, you might remember this. She came in once. We've never seen her again. And she wrote out a check, a very large check. And on the memo line, all she wrote was God's will. Amen. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. We had record-breaking views on our live stream. We were nearing 2,000 views every single time. And all I was doing was preaching to an empty church. There was nothing fancy going on. But what was it? People were concerned. People were pressed. People didn't know what was going to happen. Were we going to be bankrupt? Was was the economy going to bottom out? What about our groceries? What about this virus? Why? Because persecution, uncertainty, uh, uncomfortableness and a life of ease when it is turned upside down and it's all shooken up it'll cause you to look to the Lord and realize we need the power of God if we're going to make it we need the power of God if we're going to survive come on here we've got to remember this again we've got to grab a hold of this the spirit empowers us 
to stand. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But our king, our kingdom that we're a part of, it cannot be shaken. He will not be shaken. They prayed to a God that was unshakable. And they said, here's what we're asking. Notice they didn't say, would you please deliver us from this? Notice they didn't say, Lord, would you give us a break and maybe, maybe we slack off and we don't preach over here and we don't preach. How about we only preach where they like us? How about we only do some of this stuff where, where we're kind of accepted? They didn't ask that. They didn't pray, Brother Michael, and say, Lord, would you put it upon the heart of a judge or a lawyer or one of the leaders of the Sanhedrin to show us compassion and mercy and give us favor so that way they just quit picking on us. They didn't pray that way. Oh, but Sister Wanda, they was in that prayer meeting. And the Bible says, it tells us that they were unified in spirit. They were unified in their mind. They had all things common. Nobody claimed something individually as their own. It was speaking of the camaraderie and the belief and the faith that was bonded together. And what bound them together. It was the suffering. It was the persecution. And it was also the prayer to say, God, what we need is not a place to hide. What we need is not a congregation that only loves us and likes us but would you give us boldness would you give us power you hear their threatenings and you know what they're taking counsel to do but help us to preach your word and the Bible said that God he loved so much the prayers they were praying that it said the Holy Ghost filled that place and everybody in the house was filled with the Holy Ghost and the foundations began to shake because it was not going to be one moment and God said okay you guys have endured enough and so from here on out no 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 they needed the spirit to continue to empower as they spoke as they served and as they stood I'm going to tell you tonight friends that in a time that is ever-changing and in a culture that's, that's ever-maneuvering, shifting, we as God's people, there are things that I believe that He has called us to do. And some of those things, and if you remember what we were saying last week, if we're going to serve, I, I ended with this point that we have to do so with soundness. What was I meaning by that? I was talking about consistency. Being consistent, being reliable. If anything has made a mockery of the church, if anything has made the church a laughingstock, it is us, the people inside of the church, that we are so in and out, up and down, back and forth. And people in a world that is tumultuous, and they come into churches that are tumultuous, they are around people that are tumultuous. They are around quote-unquote Christians that are saved one day and backslid the next. That are godly one day and they're ungodly the next. They're having revival one day and, 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 and they're as cold as can be the next. We have lost that consistency, that soundness. And I want you to understand the Bible clearly tells us we are not able to stand in a generation such as this, we are not able to preach, proclaim, serve, do the work of the kingdom without 
consistency, and stability. The Spirit of God will empower you to be able to take position and stay there. To stand. What did the Word of God say? Paul told the church at Ephesus. He said, stand, having done all to stand. Notice that the, the, the armor of the Spirit came to accompany in the process of the standing. He addressed them standing first. He said, stand, and having done all to stand, stand against the wiles of the devil, stand against these principalities and powers and, and the, the wickedness and, and high places and, and all of these things that are going on around us. We need to be able to stand. And in this, we come to find is that we don't know what persecution is. We really don't know what a hard time is. Our hard time in America is $2.70 gasoline. Somebody's going to be aggravated that I even said that, but I'm just telling you the truth. You can go across the street to H-E-B and you get anything you want. You got the money for it, you can find it. Fruit, veggies, meat, candy, sugar, fake food, real food. You can find whatever you want over there. You're not... Somebody said, I'm so glad I don't have to hunt for my food because I don't know where tacos are. You'll, you'll catch that later. You don't, know, you don't know what field to go catch the tacos in. Somebody says, do I use a bow and arrow? Do I fish for them? What do I do? But what I'm getting at is, for us, for us, suffering in America is... Our car is a little too old. It's, it's probably time to trade in. For us, suffering in America is, well, you know, the garage is a little small. We're going to bump out and add another 600 square foot. For us, suffering in America is the fact of, well, you know, my clothes, they're about six months old. I'm going to head on down to the store and pick out some new threads. For us, suffering is we come in and, and, and well, the, you know, pastor's got it too cold in here. Or it's too hot. Or, it, you know, the live stream wasn't working. The internet was down. I mean, God forbid. You understand what I'm saying? That, for us, is a hard time. Your $1,000 iPhone won't keep a charge. Your friends on Facebook didn't like your message. Boo hoo. You understand what I'm trying to say? We don't know what real suffering is. I've never, Brother Torbert, I've never been put into prison for preaching. Not yet. I've never been dragged out into the city square to be stoned. I've never seen them, those devils, so mad that they would run and literally bite the flesh of the apostles and prophets. Ostracize and put out of cities and towns. And the truth of the matter is, I know this isn't popular, and I know that this isn't what we want to hear on a Wednesday night, but the truth of the matter is, is for the most part, if there was persecution like that, there would not be many in the church. Not worth it to you. Just not worth it. Just not. 
As a matter of fact, we come to find that Jesus, talking about the end of days, he said, you're going to find, he said, where your own family is going to turn against you. They're not going to like you. They're not going to like your stand. They're not going to like your religion. They're not going to like your politics. They're not going to like all, all, I mean, the list can go on and on. Said Jesus said that you would find that son would be against the father and daughter-in-law against the mother. And I mean, just there would be a divisiveness. Why? Because of truth. Because of truth. I want you to understand tonight, church, is that standing, really standing. I'm not talking about your Facebook soapbox. I am not talking about a narrow-minded religious sense of entitlement. I am not talking about traditions of those in your family or whatever that have no bearing on eternity. And they are things that you make mountains out of molehills. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about when we really get down to it. Where do we stand and how are we standing? In the face of adversity, in the face of unpopularity, in the face of being ostracized, in the face of jail, in the face of any of these things, these men prayed, give me more boldness. Help me to speak with power and help me to pray with power and help me to witness with power and help me to live with power. Friends, I want to tell you tonight uh, is that, uh, yes, thank God for the pulpit. Thank God for the word. But I want to tell you is that uh, the greatest word, what did the Bible tell us? Uh, That you are living epistles or in other words, living letters to be read of all men. Let your light, uh, let the love of God, let the power of God be at work in you brother Chad that if it's a Tuesday morning at the job that you're a man of God there as if you were singing a song on the platform let it be that we are doing what God would call us to do that behind closed doors oh that we can be men and women of character oh that in our business dealings in our lives that we would be honest and have integrity that we are not slandering and backbiting and gossiping. Oh, you don't mind. You'll shout if I talk about drug abuse or if I'll talk about drinking or carousing around. You ain't got a problem with that. You got victory over that. Oh, but I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost will empower you to take a stand and say, I'm going to put a guard at my mouth. I'm going to put a guard at my mind. Quit cutting down everybody. Quit gossiping about everybody. Quit running everybody body in the ground and start praying for your brothers and your sisters. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the leadership. And God help us to be effective to stand. Oh, we can't be powerful when we're petty. We can't be powerful when we are so self-absorbed and we're only worried about our comfort. The Bible says that that place was shaken and they spake, they preached, they delivered, they lived the word of God with boldness. They were able to stand and the Bible said there in verse 33, Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, 
It said, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I do not want, nor does, does my prayers sound like, Lord, help me to be effective to stand and do this so that Jacob Smith can build a big kingdom in Beaumont. Because this, this is not my kingdom. I'm the pastor of this church, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm an under-shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. What does that mean? The great shepherd is above me. I'm the pastor of this church, but I did not give my life for this church. I did not shed my blood for it. But Brother Jimmy, Christ did. This is his church. It's his. And I don't ever want to get that, I don't ever want to get that confused. It said that they... They had power to witness. They were great witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Sister Mary, it really is uncomplicated. It's Christ. When we live, Brother Eddie, it's for the glory of God. It's to show Christ. When we speak, it's to... Exemplify in our words Christ. When we're at our jobs, Brother Tobin, you might have a list of requirements where you're at of what they expect of you as an employee. But first and foremost, we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It's to be an example. So that those others know Christ lives in you. And no matter where we are, we can be powerful and effective witnesses to stand, to take position. Sometimes the church is no longer taken serious when they talk about a stand. Because that stand might change in 24 hours. These men prayed for this boldness, prayed to be able to speak, to stand, to serve, to be a witness... All of these things because they had no doubts. They counted the cost. This is what they knew that they was going to live and die for. And I will even challenge you with this. Be sure. I was given some sage advice by a gentleman that I worked with. Before Sister Carol and I were getting married. There was an older gentleman, I worked for an insurance agency in St. Louis, and at break time, he and I would go and we would just walk the parking lot. You walked it a couple times, it was a big building, great big old parking lot, walk it a couple times, you could get a mile in. And we'd just walk that, we'd walk and talk about the things of the Lord. And I, I asked him one day, I said, what advice would you give a young man that's soon going to marry. And he said, what I've learned, he said, he said, choose wisely the mountains you're willing to die on. You hear that, Brother Eddie? <laughs> choose wisely. If you're going to die on that mountain, you better 
put stake your flag on it. And this is it, baby. This is where is this is where I'm going to die. That snippet. What I'm getting at is, is that sometimes we're so loose and we're so frivolous with things that we'll tell God we'll do and what we're going to be and all this. And the first sign of hardship that comes up, we're done with it. We're done with it. Let the word of God get in you and let the things of God, let the mind of God get in you to say, Lord, what is it? Where do I need to stand? What should I stand for? Give me boldness to stand. Empower me, Spirit of God, that I might stand against the currents of this life, the ways of this world. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Father, I thank you once again, your faithfulness, and I thank you, your word, and I pray tonight that you would challenge us. I pray the Spirit of God speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, in a climate that's ever-changing and in churches that are swept up in the currents of compromise and, Lord, all the things where we can be unstable. A double-minded man, the Word of God says, is unstable in all of his ways. Help us, Lord. Empower us. Fill us full of the Holy Ghost that we might stand. And what are we standing for? We're standing for Christ. We're standing in the face of adversity. We're standing in difficult times. We're standing in, in, in unpopular opinions. We're standing for righteousness. Give us boldness. Help us. Revival may very well come on the cusp of persecution. Revival may very well come on the cusp of our life of comfort and ease being turned upside down. But Lord, if that's what it takes... I pray, God, do a work in us. I pray, God, speak to us and help us, Lord. Fill us full of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that we might be able to stand, speak, serve. We thank you for the helper. We're thankful for the Spirit of God that it guides us. So tonight, if that's your heart's desire, tonight, maybe if there's some things where you battle... Maybe you battle and some things, some of the grounds you've been trying to stand on has been shifting. Or maybe it's been your mind and your emotions that's shifting. Your feelings that are out of whack. Maybe it's different things that are going on there. And tonight you'd say, I need the Holy Ghost to help me. I need Him to help me to stand. I, I want to be consistent. I want to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's us tonight. Can we come find ourselves a place in these altars? Can we come and spend some time with him tonight before we leave this house? Say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need you to speak to me. Lord, I need you to guide me. Lord, I need you. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, I'm able. Help me, Lord, I'm able to stand. Help me, Lord, I'm steadfast. Oh, consistent, dependable.